All right, guys, and welcome to another edition of Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. I am just a guy. Here we are. Conference Championship Weekend, guys. Very exciting stuff. I've taken all week to kind of think about these games. I didn't want to get you guys too early on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I just I felt like there was too much going on in each one of these games. And I really, I really had to think about it. Now, the only thing I'm going to point out is if you've been a longtime listener to the show, which I think many of you guys have, but on August 25th, I wrote down my playoffs and Super Bowl winner. And way back when, I picked the 49ers beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was back on August 25th. So I had to take that into consideration this whole week, too. Do I go against my original Super Bowl picks? Now, you can ask me who they were playing in the championship conference championship games. And I had the Niners over the Eagles. And I had the Kansas City Chiefs over the Dolphins. And we both know I was absolutely wrong on both of those. But the main thing is I've got my two Super Bowl teams alive. So let's dive into here. Let's dive into the games. First off, we got Kansas City visiting Baltimore. 2 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. Keys to this game. Chiefs in any playoff game are scary because of Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs handled their business against the Buffalo Bills very well. They handled uh, the Bills very well offensively. Um, Chiefs just couldn't be stopped. But now the Bills defense was pretty banged up. And that was uh, that was a shame to see for the Bills. But they didn't really have any answer. And they, you know, just a lot of miscommunications. How you lose Travis Kelsey anywhere on the field was uh, very nerve-wracking. If, especially if you pick the Bills in that game. But, with all that said. And the Chiefs defense played pretty well. They, uh, they bent, not broke kind of thing. You know, but they got their hands full. Um, let's go over Kansas City offensively. Kansas City has their hands full with this Baltimore defense. And this Baltimore defense has been the best all year. And what they did to Houston was pretty impressive, especially in the second half. This Baltimore defense is going to give this Chiefs offense fits. Especially because this Chiefs offense isn't the Chiefs offense that we've seen for years and years and years. That is an, an offensive juggernaut. Now, the thing is though, the wild card is Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes can make plays happen. Mahomes can make things happen. What is Kelsey and Pacheco going to do to help out Mahomes? Baltimore is one of the top rushing defenses in the league. I think they're going to contain Pacheco. I think they're going to have a plan for Kelsey. I don't think that you're going to see them lose track of Kelsey on the field. They have highly athletic linebackers. They have highly athletic secondary they're going to they're gonna cause some trouble for the Chiefs, hands down. Just much like they did to the San Francisco 49ers when they played them. So, with that, now the Chiefs' defense with the Baltimore offense. That's another one they got their hands full. And especially because I think Baltimore has no problem putting this ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. And that's either running it or throwing it. And if Lamar Jackson gets a little loose, like they let Josh Allen get a little loose last week, Chiefs are in trouble. 
Chiefs are in trouble for sure. So, going with the pick for this game. I had to go against my August 25th pick of Kansas City. And I have to go Baltimore. I have to go Baltimore. I got to go with the defense on this. Baltimore can rush the football. Baltimore can stop the rush. The Chiefs, they just, I don't think that they have that offensive firepower to do it. Now, the problem is, is Patrick Mahomes. But I think Baltimore wins this one. And I kind of think Baltimore can win this one pretty handily. So I'm going to take Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore minus four. And I'm going to take the over of 44 and a half. All right, let's move on to the afternoon game. Detroit versus San Francisco. Detroit played an excellent game against Tampa Bay. Gibbs, Montgomery running, Amon Ross St. Brown catching. Pretty impressive. There is a couple things that are sticking out of my mind about this game on both sides, either Detroit or San Francisco. And that is the injury scope. And that's two players specifically. On the Detroit side, it's Sam Laporta. And on the San Francisco side, it's uh, Debo Samuel. Now, early on in the week, it was both of these guys were out. They weren't even going to play. They weren't practicing. They weren't playing. And I was like, man, that's a big blow to both these teams. But they both turned in a full practice on Friday. And they are technically going without an injury designation into this game. I think Detroit can survive without Sam Laporta. I think the Niners can survive without Debo, but it greatly affects their game. Greatly affects their game. So let's get down to it. Detroit's offense versus San Francisco's defense, and this is the key to the game. Okay? San Francisco's defense, how it plays, how it responds. Detroit has an offense that matches up very well with this San Francisco defense. They are going to have their hands full. It depends on what they do, okay? We saw it last week, all right? San Francisco could not get home against Jordan Love at all. This vaunted, awesome, oh my God, you can't believe this defensive line that was going to supposed to be one of the best and is technically on paper, couldn't get a, couldn't get any pressure on Love. Couldn't get a sack. Couldn't buy a sack. They have to do that against Jared Goff. If they don't, this game is over. Lions, congratulations. You're going to the Super Bowl, if that's the case. They match up well in the run. This running game by Detroit is going to be problematic for San Francisco. Problematic. San Francisco also likes to make the guys throw to the outside a lot. Well, you know what, San Francisco? Detroit can do that. They got the guys. They got Jamison Williams. They got Amon Ross St. Brown. They got that Reynolds kid. They can throw to the outside. They got Gibbs. We're going to have to see what happens. The San Francisco defense is a complete and utter key to me. Yes, Debo playing is a big factor. But guess what? Kyle Shanahan's had all week to realize Debo's health and to use Debo as a decoy or have a different game plan. I think Kyle last week kind of got shook because if you watched the beginning of the San Francisco game against Green Bay, Debo made two catches on the first drive that were really good and he was making some moves. I think Debo was very crucial to San Francisco's game plan against San Francisco. Or I mean against Green Bay, pardon me. That if Debo was in that game, 
I don't think we were going to see it as close as before. Debo Samuel makes San Francisco go, but they've had a week to plan and have other guys get ready to step up. So I'm not as worried about the Debo thing as I am about the San Francisco defense. San Francisco, here's your deal. They're coming in. They're going to put, they're going to, they're not afraid at all. The Detroit Lions, they're going to run a run. They're going to want to throw. They're going to want to put up points. So can they stop them? Can they make sacks? Can they get pressure on golf? Can they get a turnover or two? That's what San Francisco has to prove to me. And to be honest with you, I'm very nervous about this pick that I have with San Francisco. I'm very nervous. I think Detroit could absolutely um, win this game. They really could. And it's just a lot because San Francisco's defense hasn't been playing well. Now, maybe they got their bad game out of the way last week. We'll have to see. Now, let's go to the other side. Detroit's defense versus San Francisco's offense. Brock Purdy did not have a completely solid game last week, but he didn't do bad. Definitely pulled it together at the end. And like I said, I think it really shook up San Francisco that they didn't have Debo Samuel. Debo is playing. Debo is supposedly looking good. Whichever. I think this screams out to me that he's going to be a decoy. Decoy, decoy, decoy all day long. Okay? I Will he make some plays? Absolutely. But they're going to be so caught up watching Debo, they might forget about Ayuk or Kittle. Kittle's going to be a big time factor in this game. Big time factor. We know what McCaffrey is, but watch out for Kittle. He is a guy that can put a little bit of these San Francisco drives on his shoulders. Brock Purdy shouldn't be throwing the ball high, low, like last game with the rain. Hopefully he calms down a little bit. I think San Francisco's offense can score on Detroit's defense. Detroit's defense gives up plenty of yardage, plenty of points. But they are pesky, and they're going to get after you. Especially if they're playing with some vigor, as in game close. So San Francisco's got to watch out for that. But... San Francisco offense, absolutely they can score on Detroit's defense. Absolutely they can. Do I see this being a shootout? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think seven's way too high. Way too high. I think that's a complete disrespect to Detroit, but we'll have to see. So, pick for the game. I'm going with my guys. I got to go with San Francisco. I think it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. So, I got Detroit plus seven, and I got the over 51 and a half. Okay, let's go on to the P's with PJ. And I'll give you a quick reflection on a couple of the coaching hires. All right. P's with PJ. What do we got today? So my last one, if you take San Francisco money line, Detroit plus seven and over 51 and a half, that's plus 650 just to let you know, which isn't too bad. And I like that one a lot. Another one I did. Okay. And this is parlaying both these games together. A yes to points being scored in every quarter. A yes to each team having one touchdown in each half. And that goes for both games. Okay, so you got that in the Kansas City-Baltimore game. Yes to points in each quarter. And also, yes to a touchdown in for each team in each half. Okay, so that's both games. San Francisco-Detroit, Kansas City-Baltimore. That's plus 367. That's not too bad. Not too bad whatsoever. I like that point. I told you guys before. Hope you took it last week when I told you. The points in each quarter, that happened throughout the, all the games of the playoffs last week. All right, let's go on to another one. This one I like in the Baltimore game. Lamar Jackson, alternate rushing yards, 50 plus. Mark Andrews, 
who is back off the IR, been practicing full, he's ready to go, over three and a half receptions. Mark Andrews, 40 plus alternate receiving yards. Mark Andrews touchdown, plus 800 guys. That is some action. That is fire. I like that one a lot. All right, let's go on to a couple other ones that we have. I don't have many. I just got a few for you. Here's one for you for Detroit side. David Montgomery, over 43.5 rushing yards. Jameer Gibbs, over 47.5 rushing yards. And Jameer Gibbs, over 3.5 receptions. That's plus 525. Not bad action on that one either. Here's a little bit of a mix. Jameer Gibbs, 25 uh, alternate receiving yards and an anytime touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 25 plus alternate receiving yards and an anytime touchdown. Those two together, plus 405. Okay, little sneaky one. This is uh, kind of fading the Kansas City Chiefs, which is I can do at my own peril, believe you me. I, I I'm really nervous about that pick. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think Baltimore's going to take care of business. I'm going to believe in Baltimore's defense that I've seen all year. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, under 240 and a half passing yards. Rasheed Rice, 40 plus alternate receiving yards. Isaiah Pacheco, under three and a half receptions. Travis Kelsey, over, alternate over, 46 and a half Receiving yards. Put those four together plus a 490. All right, guys. There you go. Conference championships. Peas with PJ. Now let's just uh, go ahead and reflect on a couple of the coaching hires that have happened this last week. Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers, which uh, I don't think is a surprise to anybody here. I think that's I think that's where he wanted to go. I think that's where he wanted to go last year, and the job just didn't become open. Uh, he's there now, and I'll be honest with you, um, that's going to make the Chargers pretty dang good. Um, the, he has a track record. What do the Chargers need when you watch them? They need some toughness, and they need some discipline. Well, guess what they're going to get with Jim Harbaugh. So um, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Really interesting to watch to see what he does, especially what he does with Justin Herbert. But that defense, watch them take a couple steps up. That offense, watch them take a couple steps up. It's going to be It's going to be interesting. Raheem Morris to the Atlanta Falcons, i.e. they did not hire Bill Belichick. Raheem Morris, I think, deserved another shot as a head coach in this league. He had a small stint with Tampa, very young coach there. Uh, He had an interim spot after Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Everywhere that this guy goes, though, everybody says he's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach they've ever had. I think it's a good hire by them. I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting because he didn't hire Bill Belichick, which is, I think, where everybody thought he was going to go. But I just don't think they wanted to sign up for the Bill Belichick power structure. I don't think he wanted Rich McKay around, and I don't think Arthur Blank was willing to say, Rich McKay, you're not going to be around. I don't think he was going to listen to Terry Fondo as a GM. I think he was just going to do his own thing, and I think that's why nobody's comfortable with giving him all the power And that's why Bill Belichick, in my mind, unless something really, truly crazy happens, and I don't think it's going to, he's not going to be coaching next year. And then where is he going to be coaching the year after that? I don't know. Because you're talking about you're going to be a year removed from football. A year older. He's not necessarily spring chicken. No offense, Bill. 
but it's a year removed. I just can't believe that we're saying that the best coach in NFL history is not going to be coaching next year. Nobody wants him. People people stayed away. Some teams didn't even interview him. So, just really crazy to say. But Raheem Morris, good job there. And then David Canales in Carolina. I like that move. I, I think he did a great job with Baker Mayfield. I think he did a great job with uh, that offense in Tampa. I think this says to me that they couldn't really get... And I'm not saying he's a consolation prize. I think Canellis is a decent guy. But I wouldn't say that he was tearing up the um, coaching hires, if you will. The coaching carousel. I don't think he was He was a red-hot name. Okay, The Carolina Panthers, because of David Temper's um, antics, if you will, required them to kind of have to go after a coordinator that was looking for the job kind of first time and they had to give him a lot of years to give him a six-year contract so that's not a guarantee that david temper can't find him next year but then he's got to pay him for six more years so just just interesting little facts and then brian callahan to the titans i i like that maneuver i like that maneuver a lot i think uh you know um brian's dad was a good coach for a long time in the nfl uh head coach coordinator that kind of thing so i think you're Brian's been around the game quite a while. I think he's the right hire for the Tennessee Titans, especially to mix up with uh, Rand Carthon there. So two jobs open. You've got Seattle Seahawks, and you got the Washington Commanders. I think the Commanders are waiting for Ben Johnson out of uh, Detroit. I think they're waiting for him. I think that's going to be announced pretty quickly after... After he, uh, Detroit either win, uh, wins or loses or whatever, whatever stage that they win or lose, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be announced right after. They lose this game or lose the Super Bowl, it's going to be announced right after. Seattle. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if anybody does. I, I, I was kind of shocked to see them walk away from Pete Carroll, of course. And here's the name that's out there that I'm kind of shocked it's not doesn't have as many interviews yet. And that's Mike Vrabel. I think that guy's a heck of a coach. And you would have told me that his name was still out there and all these jobs got taken and his he's barely interviewed. It's I don't know what's going on with that because that's a guy that I think got his team to play tough, to play above their talent every time, and to fight hard. Okay. That means, like, hey, this Week 18 game against Jacksonville means nothing for us, but means something for them. Let's go out there and play like it's Super Bowl. And they did. And that happened consistently with that team. Consistently with Mike Fable's team. And he might not be coaching the team next year. And that is crazy for me to say. All right, guys. There's our reflections on the coaching carousel, on the coaching jobs. We've got the championship weekend coming up tomorrow. I mean, this is it. Conference championships. Crazy to think we only have three games left. I'm already starting to feel the pressure on my chest. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, football's almost over. All right, guys. But stay tuned. We're going to have a big-time week talking about Super Bowl coming on up, or actually a couple weeks coming on up. So thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. But I am out.